Good morning, good evening, and good night. Whatever time of day you're listening to this, welcome to What Lies in the Dark. I'm Jay Yvonne. All your life, you've been taught that the monsters you fear are under your bed and they're hiding in your closet. As you grow older, you find out that monsters aren't real. But are they? They don't hide or go boo in the night. They look just like us. They even live next door. They're our friends. They're our family. They're our neighbors. And sometimes they're even our spouses. This isn't to scare you. It's to keep you vigilant. Keep your eyes open. It's to debunk the idea that monsters just simply are not real. Statistics say about 50% of victims know their attackers. That means 50% of the time, you shouldn't fear the unknown monsters in the dark. You must be careful of the monsters you already know. Maybe you have to know the darkness before you can appreciate the light. If you're anything like me, you love true crime. You're simply addicted to trying to figure out the who, what, when, where, and the why. The psychology of it all. You sit on the edge of your seat trying to piece the puzzle together before the end of the story. So allow me, every week, to tell you a true crime story. Come feed your true crime addiction with me. Grab your coffee, midday pick-me-up, wine, adult beverage, or whatever you're into. And let's get into this week's story. The group went from killing for money to just killing to kill. Killing because it was fun and it provided them with some sort of thrill, some excitement. They totally did not make this the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome back, my true crime junkies. Welcome back, my WLITD family. Hey, it is Monday and it is the 26th and it is the day after Christmas and I hope and I pray that you guys had a good Christmas. I hope you ate all that you needed to eat. You opened gifts, you had merry, you had cheer um, and just the holidays was everything and more and I hope that if you did not have to work today that you had a really good Monday and if you did I hope that you still had a good Monday. I'm sorry that you have to go to work today but spreading a little bit more holiday cheer your way in a true what lies in the dark kind of way. So of course today's episode is not going to be all great and cheery but you love true crime so I thought what better way than to give you this true crime gift, all right? So if you are new, it is Monday, so that means we drop a new true crime episode every Monday, and I welcome you. And if you're not new and you're already a part of the family, I thank you. 
Don't forget to subscribe so you know when a new episode is dropped. And of course, share the podcast with those closest to you, those you love, those you liked just a little bit, those who gave you gifts this year. And hey, if you forgot to give somebody a gift this year, give them the gift of this podcast. Does that sound like a gift to you? I think it's a good gift. I think if you forgot somebody, obviously they were not like super top priority on your list. And uh, maybe you can introduce them to something to fill the void of their Mondays. You can introduce them into to some true crime and you can say, hey, I want to I want to give something new, some new meaning to your life. So here's this podcast, you know, you know, maybe try it. I don't know. Anyways, um. Um, if you'd like to stay connected, follow the show on Instagram at WLITD underscore podcast. That's where you will see the victims and the accused. And I always say accused because I know there are sometimes there are going to be stories where they're going to clearly say this person did it and they are, you know, locked up and they're suffering, etc. And, um, and then, you know, 20, 30 years down the line, it's like, oops, <laughs> we did it again. That's a joke. That person's not guilty. So I always say the accused because I don't want to put a guilty verdict on somebody um, just in case, you know, I have to come back later and say, oops, uh, they're not guilty. New evidence has shown that they're not guilty. All right. So um, if you have case suggestions, shout outs, updates on any cases, if I left any information out and you saw a show or heard another podcast and you think that it is really good information for other people to know, um, please email the show at WLITDpodcast at gmail.com as well as, um, um, I lost my train of thought just that fast, you guys, um, shout outs um case suggestions i hope it comes back to me in the next couple seconds Mm-mm-mm. anyways email the show <laughs> i can't think of it email the show if there's anything that you want to email about um updates are always welcome um cases are always welcome i remember what i was going to say if for some reason there is a, a foundation out there or helpful tips or information that you hear or you find out um please share that as well because i would like to share that on the podcast so it doesn't have to pertain to the show but if you know that there's a victim advocate um hotline out there domestic violence shelter out there um or anything any kind of information that uh pertains to true crimes um um, put it out there so that I can put it out there on the show. All right, I'm going to stop doing my talking and we're going to get to this episode. December 1992 was like any other Christmas holiday for the residents of Ohio. They were preparing for the festivities with lights, gifts, excitement, and just Christmas cheer. Each was out and about shopping for their loved ones. They were excited for what was lying under their Christmas trees, filling the stockings. Hopefully no one was preparing to get nothing or to get coal. And everybody was checking off um, their nice and not their naughty list. But as Christmas grew closer, no one in this Ohio town could prepare for the joy to be shattered and for many families to be left in shambles. These events that I'm getting ready to talk about plagued the city. It shook the residents to their core. And still, no one knows why what happened, happened. 
Marvelous Keen and his girlfriend, Laura Taylor, were stuck together like glue. And I'm not sure if there's any stronger bonding agent out there, but that's what these two were. They were stuck together like that, like cement. They were cemented together. They were... Um, they were stuck, they were sticky, I don't know, but they were, they were stuck together like glue. The two met after a night of drinking and their love story became quite intense. They faced hardships, but somehow they kept pushing forward. The best way a 19 and a 16 year old could push forward. Laura got into a huge fight with her parents one day regarding her behavior and her attitude, and they ultimately put her out. They decided that they did not and could not handle her any longer. So Laura had nowhere to go, and she had one person that she thought that she could turn to. Laura didn't have a job or financial means to support herself, and we, of course, can guess what that means. Marvelous would become the breadwinner for the two. They were burning through the money, even though only one of them was providing any means, and they were becoming desperate for more. The night before Christmas, the couple used the last of what they had on a single night stay at a hotel. But Laura had a bright idea. She knew of a man named Joseph who worked at General Motors and apparently he had a really good paying position, y'all. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. So according to the stories um, that have been going around, he spent a great deal of his money on sexual things. And y'all let y'all little imaginations run because that is what it is. He liked to spend his check, okay? Maybe not the way that we like to spend our check. So because of this, Laura set out a plan. She would call him up and be like, hey, Joseph, I know that you are into these kind of activities. So I want to invite you out to do those activities. Let's do some adult activities, right? So she would invite him over and she would exchange adult activities for money. And once they knew that he had the agreed upon amount, they would gain access into his home and boom, this is a stick up, right? They would take him for all he had. What was supposed to be just a robbery, though, turned out to be something far more horrific. Once Marvelous Laura and their friend Heather Matthews forced their way into Joseph's home, they tied him to the bed with an electrical cord and they tortured him. The torturing continued until he gave up the location of the money. They promptly promised him that he would live if he gave up the money. Once they had it in their hands, Marvelous executed Joseph so he couldn't tell the police a word about who had done it. After Joseph was deceased, the three went on like nothing happened. They ate, they were merry, they played music oh so loudly, and they stole his car. For three days, this would be where the group occupied space while Joseph's lifeless body lay still inside the home. This group or gang or posse, right? Because they're known as a posse to the police. This posse tasted blood. 
After that first kill, they just wanted more. They craved more. They desired more and more and more. They were like predators stalking their prey for sports. No longer out of need. Danita, a young mother of one, was at a payphone. They asked her to give them everything she had. With no plan, no warning, shots began to blare out. After she handed over her belongings, Danita was hit multiple times. They took Danita's clothes and her backpack, totally random, in the middle of the night. Danita was targeted because she had on a new pair of Fila shoes. Unfortunately, Danita passed on her way to the hospital. All Danita said was, don't shoot me. And yet, that's exactly what they did. She'd given them everything she had with the hopes that they would spare her life. Their next victim was Jeffrey. He was shot four times times as he stood outside of his home but good news y'all jeffrey survived the attack but this target wasn't random like the previous ones you see jeffrey had a connection to this group he was the ex of heather at the time of the shooting however heather had a new boyfriend named demarcus smith who was another member of this group. Demarcus ended up being the shooter, and he hit Jeffrey in his legs. Somehow Jeffrey managed to get away and get to a neighbor's home where he called for help. After three attacks, the group was presumably tired. And I say that with a question mark because I'm just, I'm just going to guess that they were tired because they decided to rest for the remainder of the night. On Christmas nights, they continued with their spree. Their next victim had been decided, and his name was Richard. He, too, was not random. He was the ex of Laura. Richard received a call to come to Laura's parents' home with the promise that the two would talk. You know, maybe we can get back together. Maybe, maybe because we belong together, Richard. We belong together. So come to my parents. Let's talk. Let's figure this thing out. Maybe we can reconcile. Reconcile. Reconciliation. For some reason, it doesn't sound right. But okay, they, they, we're going to talk about getting back together. Of course, he wants this meet. So he picks her up and the two drive around talking about their relationship. As they drive, the rest of Laura's friends follow close behind. At some point, Richard caught on to the fact that they were being followed. And now he's anxious. He is nervous. He doesn't know what's going on, what's about to happen. But he does not like the way he feels and he does not like being followed. So he attempts to get away. And that's when Laura pulls out the gun, puts it to his head, and pulls the trigger, killing Richard instantly. Before the car crashes, she throws herself out and her friends pick her up. Richard was found in his car. When police interviewed his family, they learned of the connection. Taylor's family reported that she disappeared and they had no idea 
where she was. And I'm sorry, I said Taylor because that's her last name. So Laura, they talked to Laura's family and um, they report they have no idea where their daughter is. And we, we don't know. She just disappeared. And um, yeah. So once they have this information, police are tying or are trying to tie Richard to Laura. The next day, the group continues with their vicious attacks. Laura walks into a short stop mini mart and scopes the place out. She's making sure that there are nothing, like basically all the bases are covered, that there is nothing and no one here that's going to throw them off their game. Once she determines that the close, coast is clear, Marvelous and Demarcus enter the store. The pair shoot Sarah, one of the employees in the face, and wounds another person who was just shopping in the store. Sarah later passes and the customer survives along with another employee who survives by pretending to be dead. The group flees and goes about their way when they come across a woman who is just airing up her tires at a gas station. When the woman looks up and sees the group approaching with their guns out, she runs. Laura shouts at Marvelous to shoot the victim while she runs, but he hesitates. Luckily, the woman is able to escape. They steal her car and take off. The cops had no idea all these crimes were linked, because like I said earlier, at this point, all they've linked is the ex-boyfriend to the ex-girlfriend. So they have linked um, Richard to Laura. And that's it. They had no idea who they were looking for. It just seemed like random person after random person was popping up and they were being targeted. And police say that random acts of violence, random crimes are actually the hardest to solve because there's no motive. There's nothing really to go off of besides physical evidence. But it's not like they can just go in and say it's a crime of passion. So let's look at exes or it's a, it's revenge. So let's look at the people closest to them. Uh, it happened here. So let's look at people they work with. It is literally random. And because it's random, they have nowhere to look, nowhere to turn. Bullets are examined and they realize that the same weapon is being used in each shooting. And after the carjacking, police are able to lock down the vehicle they're looking for. So now all the puzzle pieces are coming together and police are just gluing the puzzle pieces together so they stay together. Anybody do that? Anybody put a puzzle together and you like glue the pieces so it doesn't come apart? That's what I was envisioning in my head when I said that. So I hope that makes sense. They're they're gluing these puzzle pieces to keep them together um, because this is for them concrete information. So the group is pulled over for a traffic stop. Police have no idea that this is the group of kids that they are looking for. The stolen, the first stolen vehicle that was obtained from the uh, first victim was abandoned and the plates switched out. And when police are running the plates, they realize the plates and the car don't match. So they trace the plates back to Joseph's home and when they enter, they discover a very foul smell. 
and they discover Joseph still tied to the bed. And I want to go back really quickly because I don't, I don't like the way I explained that. So basically they find Joseph's vehicle abandoned and, um, the plates are switched and the plates on his vehicle are the plates to the vehicle that they're currently driving. So when they pull over this, the, the kids in these, in this car for a routine traffic stop, they have Joseph's plates on their car. So they track the plates back to Joseph's home and that's how all, everything ties together. So with Joseph's body, an anonymous tip and the vehicle discovery, police finally have what they need. And that leads to an arrest. Once arrested, the group told police that there were two other bodies. They pointed to police in the direction of where they could find Wendy and Marvin. They disposed of these bodies in the city-owned dump. Wendy and Marvin were also a part of this group. They were told that the group just wanted to party, Wendy and Marvin. So Wendy and Marvin are like told and convinced like, hey, we want to go party, want to go out. This is the story that is given to them in order to get them in the car. Once in the car, Marvelous is the driver. So he's driving, he pulls over the car and Wendy and Marvin are told to get out. Marvelous and Demarcus shot the two in cold blood. They were killed because they were believed to basically be weak. Um, the group had decided that these two might crack under the pressure of police if, if they felt like police were onto their trail or if they were arrested, that these two would be the ones that would give the whole thing up. Ultimately, them knowing too much led to their demise. Um, the victim of the, um, of the mini mart survived five days. So her name's Sarah. I think I said that already. So Sarah survived five days before eventually passing away due to complications of her injuries. The downtown posse, which is what they would later be called or what they called themselves, consisted of marvelous King, 19, Laura Taylor, 16, Demarcus Smith, 19, Heather Matthews, 20. And from Christmas Eve until December 26th of 1992, they went on a spree in Ohio, killing and wounding many. Things got seriously out of hand. The group was believed to be the black sheeps of their families, and this may be what bonded them all together. Each influenced one another in a very negative way. Marvelous King received the death penalty while the others received life sentences. While interviewed in prison in 2000, Heather provided insight into why she was involved. She stated, I just wanted to be like them. I wanted to do what they were doing. Marvelous was executed by lethal injection in Jan in January, in July of 2009. All right, you guys. So that's my Christmas gift to you. Do you like it? Did you like your Christmas gift? 
Listen, when people provide you with the gift on Christmas or the day after Christmas, you're supposed to be appreciative. So if you don't like my Christmas gift, I'm not sorry because it's the thought that counts. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to let me tell you this story. I would like to take a moment to pay homage, give a moment of silence to the victims. Um, Joseph Wilkerson, who was 34, Danita Gullette, 18, Jeffrey Wright, Richard Ma Maddox, 19, Sarah Abram, 38, Jones Pettis, the shortstop Mini Mart employee, Wendy Cottrell, 16, and Marvin Washington, 17. Also, I want you guys to remember to um, think of those families because not only did they lose loved ones um, and not only are they victims as well, but I imagine that uh, losing a loved one in such a horrible way during what is supposed to be a very joyous time um, can really be very triggering. And I'm sure every Christmas is not the same. Every Christmas brings on new trials, tribulations, and pain. So I want to pay homage also to those families. Remember to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their friend about the little podcast uploading new episodes every Monday. If you'd like to see the victims and the accused, follow the show's Instagram. And if you'd like to send cases, um, provide any information about cases, any updates, um, any um, foundations, uh, hotline numbers, etc. cetera, uh, that pertain to the show, please email at WLITDpodcast at gmail.com. All right, you guys, like I said, I hope you enjoyed your Christmas. I hope you enjoyed your Monday. And if not, I hope I gave you a, a day after Christmas gift that you truly enjoy. I am out. Remember, don't just check up. A I'm going to say this right. Remember, don't just check up on people, but be there, be present, love one another, be kind to one another, support one another, be a helping hand to one another, and watch out for what lies in the dark. I want you to stay vigilant, keep your eyes open, um, don't be prey, but also don't be predator, um, just, you know, keep yourself from being on this show because I don't want to report on you, 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 or you, or anyone else in your family. I'll see you guys next week for another episode to help feed your true crime addiction. I don't know why I did that, but all of a sudden I was feeling very Southern. <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, maybe I'll do more voices in the future. I don't know. Keep things spicy because, you know, I like to switch it up every now and then. But anyways, like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed your holiday season. I hope you guys are staying safe out there. I hope you spent time with your families. I hope that you feel loved. You are safe. You are supported. I hope you got everything you wanted and more. Um, I hope you stayed warm because, you know. This season can be very brutal when it comes to the weather and it can just be very brutal emotionally. And if you need emotional support, please don't sit and wait and suffer and drown. 
get the help you need. And uh, we here at WLITD, we love you. Um, we support you. That mantra that I say at the end is really and truly what I try to do each and every week, every day, every hour, to be kind to those around me, to support those around me, um, to be a helping hand, um, not to just check up on people, but actually be there, be in their lives, be present to love all of those around me. And uh, I know that I don't always um, just need it. I know there are other people out there who need it as well. And so I hope, I hope, I hope that I'm spreading as much holiday cheer, as much positivity, as much love and as much support as I possibly can. Get help if you need it, um, because I know the holidays can definitely be hard. So I will be here next week for another episode to help feed your true crime addiction. I love you guys. Have a good, a good night, a good day, a good evening. I don't know why I tripped up on that, but um, I hope you have a good one. And um, also, please do not forget to like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, leave comments, um, share it with your friends and family. And if you have any um feedback i love feedback i actually am one of those people who likes um constructive criticism so if you hate the show if there are things out there that i do that i say that you absolutely hate let me know so i can figure out how um, how to incorporate some different things and if you like uh if you like that i do voices um if you want me to uh i was trying to get my southern accent back but I can't, uh, it don't, it just comes and goes. But if you like that, just, um, you know, let me know. Uh, I may be able to do some voices or whatever, just whatever keeps the show fun and spicy and keeps you here, keeps you wanting to be a part, keeps you sharing the podcast. Let me know so that you will keep, um, tuning in every week for another episode. All right, you guys, I'm actually leaving. I'm going to stop talking now. Um, have a good night and a good rest of your week. Good night.